0: Hello, welcome to Back to the Point. It's been a while, but uh my name is Migs. I'm one of your hosts. Thank you. And that's Ian over there. I'm gonna introduce you for for everybody. Uh sorry that we've been away for a while. Uh we went to a sharks game recently in Anaheim, and uh I guess there's been other life occurrences. Uh, also the recording schedule wasn't on the calendar yeah. <laughs> up until recently. So, um, yeah. But now we're back and we are ready to talk about some Sharks hockey. So, uh, Ian, what do you what would you like to kick things off with um, today? Um,
1: we're a little late to the game, but did you know that Thornton got injured?
0: Oh, what? Oh,
1: no. Ugh. What Ugh. happened? <laughs> and uh, this does bother us, but it's a little old. We we forgot to put something on the schedule so just time went and we never recorded and we <laughs> kind of both woke up in the middle of the night and games. went <gasps> we need to record
0: so. i know and it was so it was so juicy when it first came out cuz i cuz you had, you had we the inside talking. info
1: as a pt yeah
0: i mean well i'm very curious about the nature of his injury cuz obviously at, for work as a pt i see a lot of um uh, you know acl repairs and um not not a not a, a ton of MCL repairs. It's not something that you see very often. Um, all right, let's just go right into this. So
1: Yeah,
0: let's try to, well, as it is old news. Here's an anatomy lesson for the last. Yeah, here lesson. we go. So if you, if you think about the knee joint, and you have your cruciate ligaments, which are the ACL and the PCL, generally the most reconstructed ligament is the ACL. That's going to need... Um, surgery to reconstruct that ligament if it's torn in in most people. Uh, There's a small percentage of the population that can handle an ACL tear. Which we Um, found out
1: was Thornton last year.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe he could have handled that more long-term last season, but he opted to get the surgery. He was able to play through
1: the pain, which is crazy
0: yeah and it's not just an issue of pain if you tear a uh, if you tear a cruciate ligament the issue is stability of the knee Mm -hmm. because your tibia is essentially floating more uh, between the femur so you want those movements to be restricted by that ligament right but uh, when it comes to the mcl and the lcl those are your collateral ligaments lateral means kind of on the outside right so your mcl it's on the inside of your knee um and then your LCL that's on the outside of the knee. So if you think of any type of force, uh, well, actually, let me say this. Those those ligaments are a little bit different because they get a bit better blood supply um, than the cruciate ligaments, so they can heal uh, a bit better on their own, right? Um, so when they said it was an MCL injury to Thornton, I was a bit more um, optimistic, Um you know if it's there's different grades of how severely a ligament can be injured, you know your sprains and then it can go all the way up to a full tear um and uh but pretty much what I was thinking is if you know if if it's not too severe, he can rehab but since he had uh you know surgery, then you know something more major is going on if he had some sort of reconstruction now the confusing thing, and I know that this was kind of bandied about on Twitter is that uh, <clears throat> Kevin Kerr's brought up the point about how, uh, you know, one of these uh, retired, I'm not sure if he's retired, but former NFL football doctors was saying, how oh, you know, you don't do arthroscopy. An arthroscopic procedure is where they go and with the scope and um, find tools to kind of do the, the, the procedure. But you don't do that for an MCL repair because usually you just you – know, they just cut open the side of the knee where the MCL. you can, you can just feel your MCL kind of over your skin. It's not, it's not deep in there. You don't need to go in with the scope generally. So that's a good point. Um, So that begs the question, you know, did they, did they, they, like, were they scoping something out? Were they looking at his meniscus as well? Were they looking at the cruciate ligaments? Like how, how um, tight lipped are they being about his injury? You know, I don't doubt that there's an MCL injury. If you look at the way he was hit and the knee gets driven inwards like that from the side, then the things you're worried about often are yeah, MCL, but you're also worried about a torn ACL. That's probably the biggest thing you're worried about. And you're also worried about like a meniscus issue. Mm -hmm. Um, So and usually those actually happen all three together. An ACL tear, an MCL tear, and a medial meniscus tear, and that's called the unhappy triad, generally <laughs> in sports medicine. So that's, that's no bueno. That's a uh, yeah. That's a long thing. That's that's like a it is unhappy. That's what they, <laughs> they call it, that right? Yeah,
1: and it's I think it's so, interesting to note is like they're not gonna like just do this like exploratory arthroscopic surgery. Just to be like, yeah. oh, maybe something else happens. Like they have MRIs for that, but anytime like you open something up, like it's gonna add to recovery time. So in my mind, in my unprofessional mind, and given what I mean, we've talked a lot about this, um, it just makes me think that they're hiding maybe the grade of the injury or or, or that there is something else that is contributing. Or maybe they're just like, you know, Thornton's played, you know, a thousand, I think he's played a thousand or more than a thousand NHL games. More than a thousand, because he has like 1,400 plus points Um, yeah you know I'm sure his he misses like no games so he plays through a lot of injuries because it's not like he's never been injured before and maybe he has a lot of stuff built up that they just are taking their time to do but I doubt that they do that now instead of like after he's done playing unless they know that hey something else happened we need to fix it you might as well do something else at the same time like it just I just don't understand why they would do, like, an invasive surgery, even if it's, like, arthroscopy and it's, you know, really small and not really a major surgery. um, Unless something's wrong that they need to fix, and it just seems like they're hiding something. Like, you said meniscus, and I think that the doctor that you were referring to also said something about, uh, like, arthroscopy being more of a meniscus thing, or...
0: Yeah, Yeah, I think he did.
1: So, yeah, it just... Also, I think another thing to add to this is I think the biggest question on sharks fans' minds and our minds is when is he coming back? And just the fact that literally the only thing they've said about Thornton was they put out that like press release and it was Thornton had uh, surgery to re- arthroscopic surgery to repair his MCL, and that was like three weeks ago, and that was it. And the no timelines, nothing like. Yeah, just no one's talking about it, and that just like that's not good, you know, that's not a good thing.
0: Yeah. So
1: it just makes me think personally, and and you can add to this. I think that two things. I think it might have been worse than what they're saying, given the type of things that they did, that they said they did, and the fact that there's no timetable makes me think that he's out for the season, which I think, I think some people also agree. Um, I think some fans probably think that. Or maybe most, I don't know. But I think it's a a, a fair option that he's out for the season.
0: Yeah, I think that is a possibility. Um, it's always a possibility.
1: Kind of, I think it's like likely. Like above yeah. above 33%. Yeah,
0: there's a good chance. At least he's out for the regular season. That's it. There's a high yeah, possibility. Yeah, yeah, that, it depends yeah. on how far we go. Um, I will say, like, uh, and I can't comment like, too too much on this because i'm not a doctor i'm not a radiologist but um you know they they might have if you're going in with the scope like a camera Mm -hmm. that's obviously going to show you what's going on in the knee or whatever you know body region you're you're inspecting better than an mri an mri will right Mm -hmm. um so they who knows they might have been doing it for more assessment i will say like in terms of the severity of an injury like if you see you see other teams releasing press releases a lot if you know um a player tore his ACL yeah. what what do the sharks have to lose if they if they say you know thornton tore his ACL uh, at this point in the season cuz they <clears throat> he's going to be out realistically he's going to be out for uh, the rest of the season and the playoffs, if that's the case, really, that's like a month to a year or more long recovery to get back to really full <clears throat> months to a year Uh, to get back to kind of full return to sport, you know, and obviously they're professional athletes. So they're working um, when really you say when you say have.
1: months, do you mean like months as in anywhere from two <clears throat> to 12? Like
0: th- I, I, I listen uh, thinking about it recently, like from what I've heard, you know, three months is where you should have a lot of your, you know, foundational strength and flexibility and range of motion back after an ACL tear, but that's only just before you get back to doing, um, things that start to replicate your, your regular activity. So like running or, um, getting back to low level jumping and then, you know, it'll take another couple months few months after that before you get back to um return to sports sport yeah. specific stuff so it kind of depends but you're looking at um probably you know at least 6 months um and this is really rough you know i my clinical experience is limited but um this is stuff that i need to continually um learn more and get experience on yeah. but anyway like but i'm saying a, like even, my main sorry. point i i want to say my main point is if the acl if there's nothing wrong with the acl in any case it's probably um the best best situation like not the worst situation um if it's there's bad. if there's you know if there's something wrong with the meniscus it depends on how bad it is if he had like you know slight meniscus tear and they just took took part of it out then that's probably going to be a faster recovery time than just you know if they repaired that tissue so, um, but you know, this is just speculation, right? Yeah, we don't think know the if there's thing. anything else going on. We don't know how hush hushes are. Yeah. They are. I just, I'm, I'm curious to know why they would kind of withhold that.
1: Yeah. I think that's the, yeah. I was just thinking about, I think the worst thing about this whole situation <laughs> is how little of anything the sharks have said, because I think most organizations kind of follow this trend and even the sharks do to a case. Uh, when a player is like injured significantly and will miss like you know somewhere around a month of time, they actually release like the injury. They're like, Eric Carlson severed his Achilles. He's out for a while, right? And then they say like it was not like he hurt his lower foot in area. It's like they say you know he like yeah. se- he like ruptured his Achilles or something like that, right? Oh dear. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was that's like my my mental like worst thing that could I... ever happened to my body is my. <laughs> a clean sever of my Achilles. And I'm sorry if someone listening is just like thinking of that and like cringing, but that's what I do.
0: But for you, it's not even like a rupture. It's like somebody needs to take a blade. Yeah. Like a a blade and just like
1: (laughs) slice. And you know, in hockey that can happen, you know, because you're leaning forward and ice skates are a knife and yeah. yeah. But yeah. So, so uh, I think even the sharks have kind of come out and said, you know, this is what happens. Uh, when it is an injury uh
0: well they said uh, yeah yeah when when it's a more a significant injury time, they just yeah, they, they
1: they will actually like name the injury you know you, you saw that last year with the couture, like you know took to the puck to the face literally everything wrong is wrong with his
0: jaw well yeah but thornton got a Severe injury. And yeah, they didn't. But they, but you know, that was kind of a different situation. They were close to the playoffs, and they were and they that's were actually going to give here. him a go without his ACL, and he did exactly. And that's <laughs> what I'm thinking. I think maybe
1: the closer the, sh- and also I think it was demonstrated in the last playoff series that the whole people on uh, fans in general and media get really angry, not angry, but just really annoyed at the NHL that they don't like release what actually happened. Whereas in the NFL, they're like required by the league to actually state exactly what is happening to each player. It will say like MCL ACL injury, like they did not practice today or they did have to be practice or they're explicitly listed as questionable. And uh, the NHL doesn't do that. And I think last year's playoff series against Edmonton, we specifically saw their players going against Couture's face. Yeah. explicitly and i think it's just become clear to me um that you can't deny that a reason and this is always stated as a reason to not release specific injuries is that players go after that and it was like no no one will do that it's like literally that happened and we saw it very blatantly not like oh finishing my check and maybe like dropping my knee a little bit lower it's like no we're just gonna literally go for his face yeah so I think that kind of is like the Sharks, maybe harden the Sharks a little bit to it. Um, and then I also think the point that you bring up is like, okay, uh, it was last year is close to the playoffs. So there's like, maybe he can do it. Who knows? He doesn't have an MCL or an ACL ACL right now. So if he wants to play, he can do it. Yeah. But, um, I think obviously it's February and given what you're saying, you know, around six months, maybe a little bit sooner, maybe a little bit later, uh, like six months is August, you know. So uh, four months is June, which is the Stanley Cup Final timeline. Yeah, and two months is August or uh, not August. April. Two months is April, and you know that's just playoffs to me. Yeah, that's that's the start of playoffs, and I, I think that's uh, rough. And uh, we'll talk about this a little later. Maybe the sharks, the sharks are, are, are a little bit thicker in the race than they wish they would have been, but I think. What I meant to say, and I'll stop with this, is that the trade deadline is right is next weekend. So today we're recording the February eighteenth. The next week, the trade deadline is, I think, actually, um, yeah, this coming uh, next Monday. Mm. And I think they were vague on Thornton's injury because there's a lot of speculation about the Sharks needing to replace their number one center. Um, as Thornton is already like 37, like these are it's going to happen this off season, next off season. Like it is on the Sharks' mind. They need to get it done. And I think if they said, you know, our top line center is out of the season, and maybe they did want to pursue that, they could be taken advantage of the trade market a little bit, but it's a little more hush yeah. hush. And obviously speculation, but it's pretty clear that it's been three weeks with no updates at all. Um, I think Kevin Kerr's reported or um, Brody Brazil or Doug Wilson said something about they saw Thornton working out and they wanted to talk to him. And he was like, working out in the gym. But, you know, you can work your arms out in the gym. (laughs) It doesn't have to be your knee. So, yeah, they've been so quiet on it without any updates and the original statement is so vague. And given Thornton's history of just like absolutely like downplaying to like a million times what's actually going on, yeah, I have very low confidence that he's going to be here for the even for the rest of the regular season and even the playoffs. Yeah, unless the Sharks make the Stanley Cup final and maybe he plays like a game.
0: Well, let me throw that's that's an interesting take. I'll throw another angle out there that may be a little bit less insightful. But if they're not releasing the nature of the injury, because you know a lot of times you see players uh, teams will release like, oh, they'll just say. This player is expected to be out for the season, um, so that's interesting. Your take on that to to see how it might mm-hmm. impact the trade deadline. I didn't really consider that, and that might be valid. Um, a little bit shady, but kind of valid.
1: Yeah. Uh
0: But then my also take is another take is you know if they're just being sincere and honest, maybe they are waiting it out to see, you know, the timeline of recovery is not months and months. It's maybe they are hoping, they're weeks, hoping they're yeah. hoping he can be back in. To two to three months so that maybe he can be yeah. back for the playoff run, you know? And so that's why they're staying hush-hush about it, right? Because maybe maybe it's like right around... Yeah, maybe it's going to take some weeks. It's already between, taken weeks yeah. since his injury, right? And yeah. it's it's in the case of this injury, it's going to take, you know, at least six weeks probably. But they're hoping maybe, and he's probably not even going to be back to 100%, but they're hoping that maybe he can manage playing uh, in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, and we saw last season that he can be playing at significantly less than 100% and be somewhat effective. Yeah. He wasn't, he he was not very good that first game that I remember, but towards the end of the series, he was doing just fine. Yeah. Which is just insane. The team,
0: we also have to remember that with all the injuries, that's one thing, but the team was also in dire straits uh, at the end of the season going into the playoffs. Um, Yeah. Um, A lot of losses.
1: (laughs) I think the, uh, if the injury would have happened at the beginning of the season, I think they would have been more clear, but since it does kind of, oh, I, yeah. I think what you said that it maybe probably is around recovery is maybe close to playoff time and maybe there's a little bit of gray area where he can make it or not. I think that's probably the best reason why they yeah. would be doing it. Cause, or maybe they don't want to say season is over and then that caused speculation that his uh, career is over. Cause he's 37, you know, coming off of, Two different major knee surgeries. So, yeah. No, I believe knee injuries, not surgery. I
0: believe Thornton will play again. Uh, I just, yeah. uh, These I are mean, not. I don't think these are career-ending injuries. They might affect him how, and how long the rest of his career will be. But yeah. with his personality, I think he has one more play season again. for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I I think
1: given how we saw him come back from last season's knee injury and how he performed this season, yeah, he was doing really well. Especially for his age, um, it makes gives me hope that you know next season. If he comes back to the Sharks because he is a free agent, I assume he will. Mm-hmm. I hope he will. Um, you know, two two years in a row having major knee surgeries. Hopefully, it'll just be the same like last season. He'll come back and have great form. Um, but yeah, you know that that's got to, obviously got to take a a big hit to his confidence. Maybe that is some reconsideration in his mind. You know, He's he'll be 38, or maybe he already turned 38, but um, he either be he's either 38 at the end of this season or something like that. He's there, 38 or 39 next season, right? Coming off of two major knee surgeries, maybe he decides to call it quits a year early or something like that, you know? Yeah. It, all this, like, everything is speculation, but I think it just everything just became a lot more vague. And ambiguous, and threw like threw things out of order, probably. So yeah, well, we, we yeah, be, but the sharks have gone. Uh, we beat
0: that conversation to yeah, death. But we had to get it weeks out of later.
1: <laughs> weeks later, hope it's still relevant.
0: <laughs> um, well, it is relevant it because context, Thornton's though. out, you know. So he's still out, and they're still vague about it. And so it's, it's, it's had very big. About. And actually, it started a run of injuries, you know. Yeah. That have been impacting the team, and yet. The team is still doing fairly well, regardless of all these key injuries.
1: So tonight we played Dallas, Dallas, and in the (laughs) twelve, in the thirteen games since Thornton's injury, we the Sharks are seven, five, and one. So they're just above five hundred, but in the same time they have lost others, and we can kind of talk about this a little bit so they notably lost uh, ward not notably because of the impact but notably because of how it happened it was during that vegas game where the refs decide to stop <laughs> they, they just stopped, stopped calling vegas and you know it, it really bothers me because the first time we played vegas this season it was just like that they just let vegas do their own thing and i have heard from friends around the league that that's kind of how they feel as well and then my tinfoil hat goes on, and maybe this is like the refs are giving Vegas a favorable treatment, and that's where my mind goes because it's just so crazy how those two games for the Sharks ended up, and it makes me mad. Yeah, and that, well, and then when I'm mad, I go into that space. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs>
0: me definitely. You definitely want to create it like some sort of excuse for like they're not legitimately good. Yeah. How dare and, they be this And game. you know what? And you yeah. know what
1: justifies this feeling? You know what we felt last season when Edmonton went on their run and they're like, oh my... And everyone in the NHL was like, Edmonton are true Stanley Cup contenders. Oh, yeah. And we're like, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. No. They had a good season with Connor McDavid. And then what happened this season? They are sixth place from the bottom. And now they're in the conversation for a lottery pick.
0: Yeah. Oh, Definitely. And you know what? I wouldn't. Ah, if Vegas so is terrible next year, I'm not gonna be surprised because yeah. that's very likely that they're just gonna like they had a totally. mojo this season that they're not gonna be able to recapture next season. And yeah. How big will that good. chip on their shoulder?
1: Like every player has it. How big will the chip on their shoulder be? Will it get smaller and smaller as time goes, or will it get bigger, or or, or you know will it stay the same? I think it's interesting an interesting concept of how their how their team is created. Excuse me while I eat a chocolate. Um, their team is created. So they don't really have like a true top like. I mean, I guess they do because Carlson is just killing it.
0: Yeah, he has thirty goals already. you right.
1: Yeah, That's let me crazy. just bring up these
0: points. Um, do they have so many twenty goal scorers.
1: Yeah, and it just fe- it just to me it feels like their entire team like- is made up of second line forwards or second third line tweeners. Yeah, like they don't have a first, second, third line; they just go second, 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 and the last one is like "Mm, second, maybe third. Like (laughs) I feel like that's how it goes. And their goaltending was like really good backup on the decline of your career. It's just like it's so
0: frustrating. Yeah, but the fresh—I do agree. I remember I was very upset that game because it did seem like the roughing was definitely going Vegas's way, Um, and. I kind of lost my cool a little bit in the game. I, I Over my years as a Sharks fan, I started off really not cool <laughs> in controlling my emotions, but that was like... It a, was brutal. I've gotten better over the years, and that was kind of a bit of a relapse at the end of the game. <laughs> yeah. Because <dare laughs> I, I was say. very upset, and uh, I said some irrational things at the end of that game.
1: Yes, you did. <laughs> I did too. So who's okay? You know what? That's what's fun about this podcast is because we're just fans, and we're not trying to be like we're objectionable reporters who bring a real take. It's like no, we're just fans. We have fun, and we get pissed when the refs don't call things our way. we we'll are yeah, very about biased. about
0: um, That needs, needs to be acknowledged. But um, yeah. but really, I thought there was, a, <laughs> I thought there was a ref bias there.
1: <laughs> but really, <laughs> there is a conspiracy, <laughs> and I'm going to write my dissertation on. it
0: Oh, that's it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh i, I, oh, I do remember this is this game is is been a while ago but it's coming clear in my mind now that was a game where there was like two potential like five minute majors that they didn't call one yeah. against ward and then one against uh one against ward where they like <laughs> slaughtered him
1: into the wall but there's also and one he against... came up injured which always affects yeah. player discipline oh is he injured an extra game or two it's like no
0: but I remember there was one like at the blue line too against like, uh, was it? Or could...
1: He gets lit up all the time. No, I forget who it was. I don't remember the... who it was. It's been a it while. It was another yes, like sketchy
0: hit to the head or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was I was very upset. You yeah. And especially with how close that game was, it ended five three. But the last goal is an empty net, and the Sharks were leading three yeah. two. Oh oh.
1: Five minute major penalty for boarding. Yeah. That's five minutes of complete five minutes of power play time. Doesn't matter how many times you score, you know. It's like there was also when some that happens.
0: Minor penalties missed in the last ten minutes. I think. Um, yeah. So, I think so when we they lost war that game, I think when they got their go-ahead goal to make it four-three, uh, there was something that was missed in that last like last two or three minutes. So I was like particularly upset at that point. Yeah. Um, but time but races that, are painful. those last two goals that Vegas scored like with the with the man net. Burns had some egregious decision making. Um, let's let's talk about this a little bit because I know um, we are on the same page about burns, but let's go into this because
1: okay, what page are we on?
0: So we, I, I think you'll agree I, I think we'll come to the same agreement. but people okay. make the argument a lot, and I think we might have talked about this on the podcast in the past about making a big deal regarding Burns' defensive partner. Am I scratching this? Oh, sorry. Stop scratching uh, your mic. I, that was an accident. I know, uh, it's your sure, It's okay. People make this discussion about Burns' I defensive partner as being like key. And like, listen, he's been really good with Joachim, like Yoakim, Joachim. I don't know how, how to say his name. Say, I
1: don't know. His last name's Ryan.
0: <laughs> Ryan. With Ryan, he's been doing great. Paul Martin did his last great. Name is Ryan. But listen, when Burns, like, I'm not talking about his defensive partner. You can The defensive partner can only bail out his partner so many times. If yeah. you look at Burns' mistakes, in that game, they were decision-making mistakes. His partner yeah. could not have bailed him out. He was in the position to stay with his man and not go on his knees, not stick out a stick and stop skating. Those are dis- defensive decision-making. Now, do I think Burns is in- like naturally incapable u- of making good decisions? No, I thought last season in the season before when he won the Norris Trophy. In the season before, he played. He, you know. Martin was there to support him, but he was good in defensive decision-making. And I don't think he got Mm -hmm. very much credit because he was just lighting it up offensively. But you look at those mistakes from the other night, it's just decision-making. It's simple things that can be corrected, and he has the capability to do so. Like, listen, he could have been with Heed or Martin or Ryan that night. It wouldn't have changed those decision-making mistakes. He's just been making more of those again lately like he did in his first few years as a Shark. But is he yeah. capable of making good, defensively responsible decisions? Yes, he is. I believe yeah. so. And I think you would agree, right?
1: I agree that you're heated.
0: What is your is take?
1: Fun. My hot take.
0: Not your hot take, take. Your rational take. My tepid take. My yes. lukewarm take. <laughs> yes. My room
1: temperature take. Yeah. My real take is uh, people need to lay off of burns because they find the metric that they want and then they latch onto it and ignore all others. Yeah. Uh, because his Corsi is like 55 plus. Yeah. He's like really good in possession. Yeah. And last season, all it was all about possession, but this season, it's all about plus minus. <laughs> and we throw away the disregard for, I know plus or minus is an unreliable stat, but his plus minus is bad. And also, if you're going to play 25 plus minutes a night, like, you're going to be scored on. Yeah. That's Even if so it's not true. your fault. And I'm not saying that that is the case, but I'm saying this is why yeah. it becomes an unreliable stat. It's like, okay, your goalie plays 60 minutes a night, and if someone pushes him out of the way and scores on the net, it counts as a goal against him. But was it his fault for letting up the goal? No, someone pushed him out of the way. Or the defenseman did a stupid thing and accidentally passed it into the net. Is that his fault? No, but it counts against him. Yeah, right. Every goal that's scored gets counts against the goalie. When you're on the ice, every goal that's scored counts against you, even if it wasn't your fault. Even if your last foot was on the ice before you got off on a line change and they scored, it's your fault, in quotes, to plus minus. So I think it's just like, obviously, as we all can see, his decision-making is not good. But I find it funny how people switch between which stats they're going to roast him for because it switches every season, and I can't keep track. Things I wish they had stats for is first pass, like effective first pass, and mm-hmm. like distance of first pass. Yeah, like his the puck is on his stick for the a very short amount of time, and it goes a very long way, and it's very successful, and it's a very long. It's like the majority of his passes are not a D to D pass. Once they have it out of their zone, he's not, and he has possession, and they're looking to skate the breakout. And launch the breakout. He's not doing a pass 20 feet from the circles to the nearest blue line or to the red line. He goes to the far blue line every time on the tape and it goes. Yeah. And it launches the breakout. And then they, that's when people like, when people say, oh, that they play really fast. It's not the player skates very fast, it is the team reacts very fast. They make decisions fast. You can skate very fast to the wrong position. Marcus Sorensen is very fast and is learning. So sometimes he skates to the wrong position, right? If the fast was the only thing that mattered, he'd be playing on the second line. Yeah. But other things matter.
0: Definitely. Dude, how about so it really
1: bothers me? So I will say this. It really bothers me when people take one stat and then forget everything else. Yes, Burns is not having a good mentally mentally seasoned like he, he's making poor decisions and yeah. we've seen a history of work over the past two seasons where he can make better decisions yeah he's never been that shutdown guy who like always makes the right decision but definitely more often than not he has the ability to do so mm-hmm. and he's not and i think there was an article that came out uh and kevin from kevin kerr's in the athletic our favorite um <laughs> wrote about how the previous coach bob bugner where Bugner was there with Burns. Burns had his 75 point in the 76 point season, won the Norris. Bugner had a different coaching style with him and uh, he did a couple interviews with the players, Deboer and Burns himself and they were saying that Burns gets really down on himself for his decision making and is really hard on himself and will linger on it instead of moving <clears throat> moving on to the next play. And I think he's just getting used to it and you saw how that season started for him. It was brutal. He, need, he was he was really bad and was not making good decisions, and then he also wasn't getting points. But now he's second in defense for scoring. He's just a few points behind uh, Klingberg. He might have passed him with his game. I don't think so, but he's close. I think the difference is like three points. So, you know, he's doing well. If, like, Burns isn't... Every goal we give up is not Burns' fault. Therefore, he is giving us more good than bad. Yeah. And that's where... I'm going to stop. But I, I agree? It just bothers me so much when people are like, "Oh, but uh, I agree. Plus minus."
0: Burns, the more I watch Burns play on this team, it's like he is he's becoming so central to this team. He and like, is so central. Everything that we can do well. If you take him out of the equation, like you've taken away like so much of the heart and soul of this team. Not like and I'm not talking about some like nebulous figure of that like literally the way our team plays is so driven away the way he drives offense, the way he mm-hmm. he he carries the puck out of the defensive zone, like you said, with that that blue blue line to blue line pass. Hey, what about what about this stat? What about offensive zone keep-ins? Have you seen yeah. many other players who can do that as well as him? How many times exactly. does he get like a for, forgive my language, yeah. a shitty pass back to the blue line and he sweet, he works man. his butt to keep it in? And he does. what about the way He's he bats it out of midair? And sometimes yeah. he gets a little happy and will like reach his stick up and get called for a high. Stick. He just can't help himself. Like, I, <laughs> I know, must, I know, I know. But he's I just must. so good at keeping it in the yeah. zone and being so quick with the way he handles it. And he's just like if we didn't would have Burns, we'd be like good we'd job Doug Wilson for for. We would just play different.
1: I can't even say what we would be like because our offense would be like 100% different. And we wouldn't really know what it looked like because as long as DeBoer has been here, Burns has been here and like killing it.
0: Yeah. I don't know why so I'm quite I will so emotional say, about this, but.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think you like Burns, and that's okay.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's good.
1: We yeah. like, hey guys, we like our team. We're not ripping them every time. Oh, look at that. <laughs> you can root for your team by not pointing out their mistakes, even though we try to do that. Yeah. This is getting biased, and that's okay. Um, I will say that. Um, I will not say because I forgot.
0: Okay, well, what happened to Burns tonight?
1: I will say in the meantime. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Uh, it's interesting. The offense has now shifted from moving and centralized around Thornton to centralized around Burns, which is great because Burns is younger. So we've bought some time with that. Which is why I think Ber- uh, Thornton leaving has had less of an impact than it maybe it previously would have, which is good. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So in the meantime, in the games, uh, and Miggs highlighted that what happened to Burns tonight, and that is February eighteenth. But between then, things have happened. So Thornton is out, as we discussed. Ward is out. Uh, I think the next game, or the game after, or recent game after the Vegas game was Arizona, and that was personally my least favorite game of the season. Not only because we lost, but because the refs were calling the game, and then decided that we're done and they just <laughs> it was Vegas up,
0: part two
1: it, no dude it was worse it was worse. it, like was, Vegas, wor- it reunion, was worse the reunion sequel it was bad it, oh my it made me so mad because they were like calling the game as normal totally fine they're like yeah let's call penalties that was a penalty <laughs> and then just like uh and they just stopped and they just stopped calling penalties and then Arizona was like oh uh they stopped calling penalties we're going to take liberties at you And then they proceeded with the four egregious high sticks in a row. And then they uh, (laughs) killed Couture in the face. Um, And then they just, like, took blatant hits. And then they took Hurdle out of the game. And nothing was called. And everyone on the Sharks' bias broadcast, I will say, was getting so pissed. Brett Hedkin was between the benches. He was like, if they don't call this penalty... And it was like a, a hooking or something. <laughs> he like said that. he's I don't gonna go out was. there. He's like, right? I'm gonna go over the boards and yeah. t- give, my, give the ref a piece of my mind. It was like, <laughs> dang, <laughs> he's mad. That makes me feel good because I was mad. And it, we I were bet old. he
0: had a talking to after that. It's like Brett, you can't, you can't say this on the broadcast. But but Randy was saying it too. <laughs> yeah, so he wasn't quite so animated. And so was everyone was saying it yeah. because it
1: was, and it, it was just beyond reason. Honestly, yeah. it was it was sometimes you play these games so this is what happened. The Vegas game, they just like don't call it. The yeah. whole game. And it's like, this is annoying. Game to game, this is you can't have a standard and that's very frustrating. Right? But then you're also like, Well, there are different roughing groups every day, so you know, sometimes you just get the one that calls it a little bit less. Yeah. Fine. It stays the same the whole game. Maybe they're missing things and it feels extra bad for you that night which is not the case because I'm sure there's a goal there's a rough and controversy for Vegas against every team who plays it. Moving on, when it is the standard changes within the game, <laughs> that just blows my mind. It I I'm just going to stop because I just can't fathom <laughs> it and it made me so pissed. Simma down.
0: So- Simma down. <laughs> yeah, I noticed though it's particularly bad. frustrating Sometimes you see, you know, refs will miss calls because they didn't see something. But these yeah, were call- oh these gosh. were things that were happening, particularly off Max Domi's forceful fist, butt of stick to Couture's face off the face-off. You could see on the replay, the ref is staring like straight at the guys at him. who are taking the face-off, which were those two players, and, and not doing like, anything. This is
1: fine. This is allowed. This is fine.
0: Case <laughs> number like, two, <sighs> when... Couture, I forgot who okay, it was. we need to, we need uh, to calm down it was that guy that scored the head. first goal. Uh I don't what know. is it? He cross-checked Couture like close oh, to the, yeah. the pipe. Oh, oh close to oh. the uh the post, Martin right? And then Martin that's why Couture is really pissed off at the end of the game. But he totally yeah. cross checks him and you could see the refs like right there looking at them. the
1: refs like, this is fine as well.
0: Yeah, it's ridiculous. Especially like the sharks, didn't they put up yeah. like forty plus shots on goal? So they were like yeah they were like working really hard to score they made some good looks happen and and that's what bothered me so much is like okay if the game is like
1: five one and then the sharks are mad and they're doing a lot of stuff yeah and they're trying to like you know they're trying to get the other team aggravated so they get some power plays and maybe they maybe get five two or you know two five three five or something like that you know the game is out of hand let's just let them play it so we can finish the game because the winner is clear yeah it's like no There was four high stickings in a row, Mm. a crazy thing that happened to Couture, and then the double minor by, I I will say, Martinuk, I don't remember if it was him, who crossed at Couture twice on the same shift at both ends of the ice, and the other one was Couture into the boards. And you just think to yourself, okay, that's 10 minutes of power play time. That is half of the period of constant penalty kill, which doesn't mean we score, but it does mean... I mean, it doesn't mean, but it basically means that the Coyotes are not having any offense. Yeah. Right? A power play was uh, 0 for 4 or something like that. Great. The gambler's fallacy means that it's not going to be like, oh, they're due, they're due, they're due. And that's not necessarily true. You just take it for what it is. It's once in three times, they'll get it. Yeah. Right? So if you give them another four tries, it's most likely that they'll score. Yeah. Obviously, there's some variation and things. It's not completely independent. And if you get a bad mood going on, then you maybe you won't score. But you cannot say, I I just I just disagree that the game would have been the same if the refs called the penalties. Yeah. And that's what makes me mad because every single team in the Pacific who are tight with us with points lost, and we had a very easy game. We could have won, and we put up forty shots. And I will agree with this the whole rest of the season. The refs took that game from us. Took the opportunity to win the game from us. Yeah.
0: Easily. Definitely. Definitely had a large, large impact in that third period, especially. Um, and
1: it's made even worse because moving forward, we're down Thornton. We are down Ward. Now we're down Hurdle. Yeah. And I believe um, maybe it was the game after that. But then uh, DeMello gets hurt. And then Burns starts to play some forward. That causes some controversy. Fan base gets all riled up because Burns the forward, Burns the forward, Burns the forward. And then uh, I think that was in the Vancouver game. When yeah. Hurdle went down the next game, they had to pull Martin up because the fourth line is already an issue for this team. Often DeBoer benches the fourth line for like peri- for like for entire periods when we need to come back because they're defensively just not there yet. Sometimes they are, sometimes they're not. And we're already thin. If we lose a major player, we can't pull up. We've already pulled up everyone we can. And, you know, we ha- we don't have anyone else to pull up. So we moved Burns there. He's had success there in the past for an emergency call-up. And um, it's just it just didn't work. It, it was going okay. It looked a little weird. And then DeMello got hurt. We're down a defenseman. Burns moves back. So, yeah, it, it's not good. DeMello... Basically sat out that game and then he returned the next game, but then sat that game out, which was this game. I think he he sat part of this game out. I think maybe that's wrong. And then Burns sat this game out. So we're just down everyone. <laughs> and how does that make you feel
0: going into the playoffs?
1: Going into the trade deadline and maybe influenced by the playoffs.
0: Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't expect much from this trade deadline in terms of. I don't think. <laughs> Uh, doug wilson's gonna what do, do you so you say you don't
1: expect mutts where do you think the sharks are i don't right expect us Do you to think be buyers, they're trying to win
0: but i don't think i don't expect us to be huge sellers either
1: yeah i i kind of like agree. who I, are we gonna sell the sharks to like
0: that. i'm comfortable with keeping tyranny keeping uh oh they should keep tyranny keeping he's a, like he's a hold gem. on i'm i'm trying to make a list here okay. <laughs> keeping Tierney, keeping a regan keeping carlson keeping Meyer keeping LeBanc like these players are showing they can like work with our system and do well you know Mm -hmm. keeping Goodrow you know like yeah like okay it'd be okay with maybe parting ways with one or two of them if you want to bring some assets back but like these are good young players that are starting to like become NHL players that can be part of your team moving forward in the future you know they're doing pretty well this season like why do we need to get like a like another similar caliber player from another team because that's honestly probably the best thing that we can go for, right? Yeah, so I think a young a young like winger or center um, from like a, another organization, you know. We yeah. yeah.
1: I don't I don't want them to trade Meyer or LeBanc. I think yeah. those should be viewed as untouchable. But everyone else, it's like, yeah, I don't want to see them go. I think they're doing fine. I think O'Regan is maybe a little bit less than fine right now. He's still working out some kinks that the coaching staff has. But um, they... Yeah, it, it's just... If if he left, I would be sad. I wish they would give him a better look. But ultimately, he's, who, who knows where he stands? I think... The biggest thing that I don't think the Sharks should do anything. I think the Sharks have made it clear yeah. that we're not trying to lose. We're not trying to like you know sell everything and rebuild from the bottom. We're going to do this ongo- ongoing retooling process. We're going to try as hard as we can. But with what we do, we're not going to sacrifice the future. And if they bring in someone, it's for not a rental. It's for they have at least another year on. And that's what you see um, uh, Yannick Hansen coming in. And it didn't really work out. I think the idea was that he could play with the top line. It didn't really work out that way. But he was here for last season and this season. Yeah. Right? Um, I think DeBoer has made it clear that he wants like a fourth line center. I think that's what they're missing. Goudreau is doing a good job for never having played that in his life until this season. So good on him. I think we should keep him as a winger. I think he was the... The Sharks staff said he was the best... Maybe it was Kurz. Someone said he was the best conditioned player Coming into camp, and he he's looked great this whole season. He's having a really good season. Yeah, he's contributed well. Yeah, like K- Tierney has locked down this third line center. He's having a career year, and that's the center position that teams like lust after to win championships. They yeah. have one and two locked down. They have a fourth line that's not good enough for third line. If you get a Tierney type player in your third line, especially for how young he is, that's what helps you win championships. That's like the Nick Bonino character. It will, like will Doug Wilson
0: say, has said, it has to. <laughs> This is his favorite (laughs) line. It has to work for now and for the future.
1: Yeah. I will say I would not be surprised if the Sharks make a trade to get a pick back because this coming draft, we have a first round pick and then our next pick is fourth. And then we have four, five, six. We have one, four, five, six, seven. So we're missing two and three. So I think the Sharks might make a move to get something back there. Um, I hope they don't move anyone crazy. But I also hope they don't bring anyone crazy. Um, so I kind of asked this about you earlier. Like, where do you think the Sharks entered this season? And given the current state with these injuries and how the season's, where do you think the Sharks entered the season with their kind of like goals? Where do you think they are with injuries? And what do you think they do? And like, how, given how the season has gone, what do you think they do at the deadline? And what do you
0: hope they do? Like, what do you think
1: will actually happen and what do you wish for them to do?
0: Well, I think they entered the season, season kind of um, expecting that they would be playoff bound. Just kind of working mm-hmm. by committee to, um, you know, it's been said, replace Patrick Marlowe's production. You know, they still have a strong core. They have really good D. Uh, they have good mm-hmm. goaltending. So they have enough of a foundation to at least make the playoffs, right? And then also work in developing their young players. Maybe feel things out with how the season goes to see kind of what they would need uh, based mm-hmm. on their positioning. And I think it kind of has played out that way pretty much. But I think something that was unexpected was this whole wave of injuries that were are undergoing. Nonetheless, though, for all that being considered, they're doing really well despite those injuries. Um, so
1: far. I mean, it's gotten worse as time has gone, but yeah. You know, we're above five Fed we're with Thornton out yeah. and we've won the two games of the hurdle out. I think we won but if you yeah, think we, about four one versus Vancouver and we won tonight. So. And if you
0: look a little bit more glass half full, like you think about that Vegas game, you think about that Arizona game, yeah. like those could've been different I mean, those are good games. Like they played pretty well, you know. Mm-hmm. Um uh c I, I can't think of a game too recently where they were like very not competitive um like they don't like we've talked about this like in a lot of people like everybody's talking about this the sharks team like they're not like down and out like they can make comebacks right they've made multiple comebacks this year they're winners they're (laughs) winners they're winners yeah so i think uh i will i it's that's a really tough question will they make the playoffs i'm always like sharks yes they're gonna do it (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And, and, uh, so I think I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the Sharks will make the playoffs. And I, yeah, what's I, gonna happen in the playoffs? I don't know. Maybe these young players are just gonna get like so amped up, and they're just gonna take it to even killer. like next level, you know? Uh, and then we're yeah. gonna like win the Stanley Cup. That'd be amazing. Yeah, that's the goal. That's the goal. <laughs> and Thornton comes back for like the Stanley Cup final, and, and he wins we, the game. And, he and he then, then we the play the winner. Toronto Maple Leafs, and it's like heartbreak <laughs> at the same time. No, we play probably. the
1: Oilers, and we objectively. Demolish McDavid, that would be good. Yeah,
0: yeah, that would happen first. Uh, <laughs>
1: yeah, that would happen in the the, the East Western Conference Final.
0: But I do want uh, to I want to hear your take on this. But I want to add something here because you okay. are talking about like this whole um, organizational position, and you talked about the Sharks being in this continual retooling. And I brought this up mm-hmm. to you, I don't know, like a week or two ago, about how you know I wouldn't I'm...
1: say continual. As in, they're always doing it. I'll say they've been doing it for a few seasons as yeah. they try to. Just, improve. but
0: what I get from that is like always being aware. Of like, when do you need to kind of take take things back a little bit, adjust, kind of kind of make changes for the future a little bit? But I, I was telling you like they, we've talked about, and this is really like centered around what's happening with the Oilers this season, and well, actually for the last decade. <laughs> but uh, like you can't, <laughs> oh you can't. Uh, In my opinion, like you can't, you look at all these teams that are going for these rebuilds, like full on rebuilds, Mm -hmm. like how, like like to me, like how can you depend on? Like people say, like when I hear this is maybe me personally, but when I hear like, oh, you got like two first round draft picks and stuff, great how many first round draft picks like really pan out, you know, like the sharks had a lot of first round draft picks more so but, than others. But yeah. How
1: many are like first line players? Way less.
0: Yeah. But you Mikhail know, like,
1: Bodker is a first round draft pick.
0: Yeah. But my point is like, you can't bank on like, exactly. even if you have a ton of great picks, like, does that mean you're going to be great? And look, that brings me back to the Oilers. You look at their organization how many first round picks that they? We'd love to talk. Can about I this, stop by the way. and
1: tell you exactly what they did? Because I was like, I am so happy that the Oilers are losing to my wife. Yeah. And I said, going back to 2008, the last 10 years, 2008, they were 22nd in the first round, which means they lost in the first round of the draft. That okay. means they lost in the first round of the playoffs. After that, 2009, they were, oh man, I think they were first overall okay. in 2009. And they took. Eberle? Eberle. 2010, they were first overall. And who did they take? Hall.
0: I don't think Hall was first overall. Yeah. I looked this yes, up he recently.
1: He was? he was? He was. He was. Okay. And who did they take first overall in 2012? Nugent Hopkins. And what happened to the year after that? They uh, were... uh Yakupov. Then they had the... F- yeah, okay. Maybe they, did, maybe they took Eberle different. But basically, they took... Yakupov, Hall, yeah, yeah, because yeah, it was uh, Eber- it was Hall. wasn't a first round draft. Everlay was first overall, was he wasn't first, first round, overall. but he was twenty second. He was twenty second. Yeah. yeah, um, two thousand in two thousand nine, the first overall draft pick was Tavares. So two thousand ten, they took Hall. Two thousand eleven, they took Yakupov. Two thousand twelve, they took Nugent Hopkins. No, no, two thousand
0: Nugent Hopkins yeah. is first. That's
1: what I meant in tw- in 2012 draft, he took him first. <laughs> yeah. I'm killing it, but they had three first <laughs> overall first overall picks in a row. The other ones were a third when they took uh, Drysaitel, a fourth when they took Jesse RV last season, and they the only other time they had it was with uh, uh, when they took McDavid in 2016. And, and then the year after, year after McDavid did well last year in the playoffs, they went like 22nd when they lost in the first and they took Kyler Yamamoto
0: uh-huh.
1: and like literally at a point they almost could fill their whole entire lineup, their whole, their first two lines with first, like top five picks in the draft. They had four first overall picks in a row and those are supposed to be like franchise players and only one of them turned out to be that player. And they continue to suck for years and years and years. And even after that, they still don't have a good trajectory going forward. After getting that, the leafs, the same thing, they suck for so long. And then they end up with Austin Matthews. And like, oh, it's so good. It's like it's like that's not guaranteed. Were you not aware of your 50 years
0: of misery? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's so bad.
1: But but what I'm saying
0: is like the sharks can't do that. You know, you you said this like the sharks can't afford to suck for a decade. (laughs) <laughs> I literally suck that's what decade. the oilers were they sucked for a decade and they had a flash of Gosh. brilliance last season not even brilliant no, like 20 years huh
1: outside like 20 years yeah. after they won they traded gretzky and then it was kind of
0: downwards. whatever a long time they had yeah. not even a flash of brilliance like they were kind of good last season and now they're yeah. terrible again like yeah. you cannot you cannot do that to your
1: to your organization and you know it's insane mcdavid is on pace for 98 points and 37 goals this season and they still are that bad they're That's... in the running for a lottery pick yeah what
0: yeah so Can okay you featured asked me on the I... oilers podcast it would be so fun
1: yeah that'd be fun we should be like <laughs> hey uh we write for um uh oilers fan blog uh we'd <laughs> love to feature you on our podcast but um <laughs> So yeah, I think going into the season, the Sharks were. By
0: the way, my wife texted me just recently. She's like, "Lol, calm down." <laughs> <laughs> I bet that she did that before we
1: started recording, and I was right. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um. So. Uh, yeah. So my my take was, it was very apparent that the Sharks were forced to make a decision on how this future team will go because Thornton and Marlowe were up for a free agency. And it wasn't a sure bet that they were coming back. Right. So, going into the season, it's like, okay, uh, we're going to have to decide our future and we're going to continue to retool, even though only two years ago, uh, no, last year, yeah, coming into the season, even though two years ago in 2015, 2016, we made it to the Stanley Cup final, given how last year went, we need to rethink some things and continually continue this retooling process um and then going into november and december time it was like we need a scoring forward so badly like yeah. we need more goals and this is not happening uh and that's when our prospects and our our younger players really turned it on and they made that jump and they've been consistent since then uh except for except for Donskoy Donskoy's had streaks and when he gets streaky he gets really hot but he still needs to find that consistency and when he finds that consistency he's a second line player for sure yeah which is really frustrating. But I think Dude, the the prospects... Was, when I was watching the Canucks game, like yeah.
0: he had so many good chances and he couldn't score. I know, so yeah, yeah. but for
1: But like, for the previous two weeks or three weeks before that, it was like, where's Don's going? I don't yeah. remember. Um, but yeah, I think whether or not the Sharks made the playoffs or not was really dictated by how the young players go. Yeah. Young <laughs> players are showing up like, hey, I, we're in a strong position for the playoffs. I personally was worried about how the Ducks would do once they got all their... Healthy players back, and it turns out they haven't really changed much. So that gives me hope. Um, things have gotten a little tighter as we go, but it's not like they, you know, surged away. And the Sharks are doing well too. So,
0: um, dude, the Kings are bad again. <laughs> the Kings are bad again, and that that makes me that
1: makes me happy.
0: Also, the Ducks are not scary like they used to be. And we went to yeah, that Ducks exactly. game in Anaheim we game we came that was back. Glorious. And were they you know what scary? Time it, was? it was team of the time. Yes, were they scary? Did they seem, you, I remember you were sitting next to me and you said this team is, we talked about this, They're not as scary as they were in the last few years.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, and they've done some retooling as well. You know, they've made a couple trades and stuff. So um, hey,
0: another thing, um, what do you think about this whole like Bodker resurgence? And like, everybody's like, Oh, don't too, trade it. Right? Like, everybody's people, probably people like, people forget
1: about that. It's yeah. like, he was a first round pick. So like he has innate skill. He was young when he played for Arizona. Like, he's only like 26 or 27 now. Yeah. Um, like, he's not that old, and he's still figuring out on a drastically different team. Like, this is not the Coyotes that he was playing on where he can do whatever he wants, and it doesn't matter because they're lo- losing every game. Obviously, not as bad as they were, you know, this, this year where they're like last in the league. But they were never a playoff team while he was there. And then he went to Colorado and they were not a playoff team while he was there. Yeah. Um, and now he's at the Sharks and he has responsibilities that he must do and he has to learn it the hard way. And it took him way too long. Yeah. But we've got him for another two years, two and a half years, or you know, whatever this season's over and then two years after that. So he glad he learned it and I hope he keeps it up. And if he keeps up this pace for the whole season, the trade worked out great. Yeah.
0: He's definitely been more noticeable and
1: working within the this- he has the most game, He has the most goals since the new year. He has okay. he's okay. tied with Timo <laughs> Meyer and Logan Couture. For eight Doesn't eight
0: goals. Timo have like thirteen or fourteen goals since like December first? He scored like Timo, ninety something percent of his goals since December first, or something like that. <laughs> don't, don't.
1: Uh, Timo Meyer has fourteen goals and twenty-four points. How many of them have been scored since December 1st? I don't know. I think I remember but December 1st that also in one of the games. is like. Yeah, but December is only two months into the season. So it's like not. But that's.
0: Two it's like 20 you're games. Not accounting for, right? He, so he scored one goal in the first two months, for example, and then scored the rest since then?
1: That's Yeah, two or three. So he started off slow. You're right. But obviously, you're saying he's scored. No? Okay, yeah. That's I think I saw he season. scored I mean, a lot of goals
0: great. recently, yeah.
1: Yeah, he it's definitely has been, yeah. Besides my point, besides my point, going back to what I was saying, the the Sharks were going to live and die by how the young players did, whether or not they make the playoffs or not. The shark, The young players were doing good. They were desperate for goals, and I love how, in hindsight, I love how the Sharks sat and waited to see how the prospects would do. Gave them more and more time and waited. And people harp on Peter DeBoer saying, he doesn't know how to handle young prospects. He doesn't know how to handle young prospects. He always plays them over, plays veterans over them. He sat and waited forever. And it is paying off. Yeah. And I love it. Dude. I... And if the Sharks had traded Meyer or LeBanc or someone like that, or like Hurdle for like uh, uh, Evander Kane or a Rick Nash or something like that, this team would be different and it would be, I would not like what had happened. Yeah. But they didn't. They stuck with it. They waited out. And it, where the Sharks are trending for the playoffs, um, even while they're retooling, and that's great. That's what we want. This injury bug is really dampening things. And personally, the playoff rate's getting tighter. It could be a flip of a coin, but I don't really have confidence mm-hmm. of if the Sharks make the playoffs, that they to go deep if the injury situation stays where it is. If we're without Thornton, I don't know. The Sharks. The Sharks can play well without yeah. their best player. Um, they have, they're have they getting scoring from everywhere. It's not just the first line. So that gives me confidence. And they've shown the ability to really lock down games as they did early in the season. So I hope they do not do anything on the play in the. I hope they don't do anything drastic in the uh, trade, trade deadline. deadline. They Dude, can but- do whatever they want to get John Tavares because I sincerely think that the Sharks are going to make some huge changes to this team coming to the offseason. Every chance Doug Wilson gets in every interview he has, he always mentions how, well, this offseason we're really planning blah, blah, blah with all this cap space. And it's like he's planning his little war chest that he's just going to open up. Dude, he's so, already
0: made like an under the table agreement with John Tavares.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, illegally. But yeah, like the, Sharks, the, the Islanders are not going to trade Tavares at the deadline. But if they do, it better be the sharks and they can give them whoever they want. I don't care. If we get to Vars, I'm great. Start with that, then move forward. Um, but they're not gonna do that. So I really don't I really hope they don't get anyone. And if they trade for someone, they better be like under the age of thirty and in contract for at least another season. Yeah. And I don't really think they have any gaping holes. If they get someone, I really hope it goes to the third or fourth line. Yeah. You know, goaltending is fine. Um, unless they have really low confidence that Aaron Dell is not coming back. Like, okay, maybe bring in a backup. But maybe Bibo and the AHL is doing good enough to win himself an AHL, uh, NHL backup role. Like, who knows? Jones can play a lot. Yeah. I really hope they don't do anything. I will be understanding. And as long as we don't lose someone too good, if they try to get one of those second or third round picks back. Um, but they have replenished the cupboard for the most part. They have Rudolph Balsers coming up too, who's been... Uh, shuffled between the AHL and the NHL a few times. When we went to the Anaheim game, he was taking warm-ups. That was yeah. fun to see him. He didn't start, but uh, he's been the uh, Barracuda's top scorer, so maybe he'll get a look around here. But I hope they don't do anything. I I really can't say if they'll make the playoffs. If they do, I don't think they'll go far. So, yeah.
0: I think, they, I I think to say- the Sharks
1: are doing the best they can.
0: Yeah. I want to say, though, like how... On one aspect, it is a damper because you've all these injuries. But um, at the same time, like how like loose like your players are gonna just be like, what do we have to play for? You know, like we're just gonna go for it. Especially those young players, we're just gonna like work our butts off. We have these opportunities now. They're gonna make some mistakes, yeah. But they're they're gonna work, and they're gonna they've been doing well so far. Exactly.
1: I really love how Doug Wilson said. If you want this team to be successful, work hard and you can make the team successful. And if you don't, the team's going to be bad and it's going to be on you, Mm. young players. And they stepped up and they're winners. They're made of winners. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, I saw Brent Burns in the second in the highlights.
1: Okay. I don't remember, but he did lead the game. So Brent Burns left the game for whatever reason. And it's not making me comfortable at all, which gives me (laughs) even less confidence.
0: (laughs) Yeah. About how the Sharks make the playoffs. <laughs> we were talking about earlier, Brett Burns gone, that that would be the kicker, you know?
1: Yeah, so with Thornton gone and Burns gone, like, yeah, that would be bad. Clearly, it's not bad enough to, like, actually mention, <clears throat> excuse me, mention it in any sort of, <clears throat> sorry, mention it in any sort of, like, game report or, like, in the news. I didn't see anything on Twitter about it. Uh, Migs, you said you maybe saw something. But, um, Apparently something happened in the Vancouver game and he started this game and he took a few shifts and then left in the power play and just like never came back. He went to the dressing room. He left 30 seconds into the power play, went to the dressing room and then stayed in there for a while with the trainer and then came back and then played for a little bit and then left for good.
0: Yeah, Well, they showed him in the third here for a bit too.
1: Yeah. I don't really know what happened, but if it's, good enough to keep burns out and you always hear about how hard it is for burns and thornton to be kept away from the rink and given how thornton plays away from his injuries and they always lump thornton burns and pavelski into the same category of people who will play through anything makes me a little bit worried that it's actually big enough to make him stop playing i hope it's just day-to-day but if we lose him for a couple games or something like that like that could be bad that could be Two three losses in a row or something like that would really make it hard for the Sharks to get a playoff spot, as we're only have like a one point lead, maybe a two point lead above most teams behind us in the wild card race. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, we're also in contention with all these central teams who are also really good. So, yeah. the playoff the final two wild card spots are being decided across like six teams or something.
0: Yeah. Uh, also, um. This is kind of random, but I just want to say, because we're talking about some of the young players, but this is just like a straight up disagreement or kind of, I remember Paul Gackle was saying like, consider like maybe Tierney going and Sharks fans aren't going to like that. Don't trade Tierney.
1: (laughs) Tierney has proof. Oh my God. That's what I'm saying.
0: His ceiling is so high, I feel like. The skill that he possesses... I mean, his ceiling, possesses, his ceiling,
1: I think, is second-line player. I don't think it's first-line <laughs> player. <laughs>
0: Dude, I, Sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sick. Don't die. His... The way he plays, like, his skill... Mm-hmm. Excites ah, me yeah. sometimes. Like, it, it's it, exciting. It sometimes, like, the things he does... Uh, I look at the TV screen and say... That was enjoyable. Even in his first season, Dude, when he first started playing, you're like, oh, 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 oh what's that? Ooh, Christopher what's, Tierney. Hello. <laughs> what is he doing, you know? So, he... Yeah, I mean, okay, maybe, yeah, second line, I don't know. I think he, I don't know, dude. Like, See, the thing is with
1: Tierney, I think you can sell him real high. Yeah. But I don't want the Sharks to sell him real high because he's like, what, 24 tops? Yeah. Something like that. Like, they have him for a long time, and he get, this off season, his contract was league minimum. Yeah. He had no arbitration rights. He couldn't do anything but accept the deal that they gave him if he wanted to play in the NHL. So he took it for the league minimum and said, "Yes, I'll earn it the hard way." And he did it, and he's killing it, and he's going to get a bigger extension, probably around 3 to 5 million dollars a year. Yeah. Coming the season or maybe maybe 2 to 5 million dollars a year, which is a huge step up from what he's making now. But I'm telling you, like when me. teams want to make <laughs> their championship run, they already have their first and second line player like set, and they just need that last piece, that third line center who can score and play well defensively is the key piece. And given his age, we could trade him for a first-round pick. I feel it. To, oh, a, yeah. to a championship team, for sure. Yeah. I'm really bold on that, but I, I feel like that could happen for sure. Um, so maybe, maybe we get a killer return from him. I'll still be sad, and I'll be mad that he left. Yeah. But I hope we trade him to a team that will give us the first overall pick, and then maybe I'll feel a little bit better. I will say, uh, where in the world... Is Carmen said, Nope, Paul Martin. Yeah, he went to the AHL and now he's just he's stuck. He's there. Done, like he's done. Like <laughs> right. His career is over and it's sad. Like we were like, oh, we'll send him down to AHL to show that he can play some games, and then it's just like crickets, crickets. It's dude, that's so sad how it ended for him. It seems like that ankle surgery he could just not come back from, and he just. Yeah, it's not good.
0: Yeah, well, we'll see what so we'll happens. See
1: this I mean, if the sharks... Drink some water, buddy.
0: <laughs> my water bottle's a little squeaky.
1: I'll live for these <laughs> squeakies. Stop coughing.
0: You you going to hear my whole uh, Adam's here. apple swallow yeah. deal. In the podcast. Sorry,
1: fans. We're just looking out for each other. Yeah. Yeah, I am worried for Paul Martin. I'm not sure if we buy out his contract, if he gets any relief given his age and that it was like a 35-plus contract when we signed him. There are some special <laughs> things with that. Come on. I'm sorry. Don't die. I can't. Well, have maybe die we should this wrap podcast. this up
0: because it's been going for an hour and ten.
1: <laughs> an hour and nine minutes, but that's okay.
0: <laughs> I, yeah. I, <laughs> I
1: mean, I think, I think that was mostly... I think kind of where we're standing is uh, trade deadline is next Monday. We will not record before then, unless something crazy happens, and maybe we will. But um, So my take is that I hope the Sharks do anything. If they do something, I think they'll make a move for a fourth-line center that will play in the future with us, (coughs) or maybe a third-line center and bump (laughs) someone down. Oh, my gosh, don't die. (laughs) Um, So uh, 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 a depth center, I think they'll make a move for – I think the third line center spot is Tierney's. I would hate it if they traded for a third line center and bumped Tierney down. That would just be doing him dirty, and I don't like that. And then I could see them moving a player for a like a, a pick that to regain a pick that they've lost. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where I think they go if they make a major move. That'll be fun, or really sad.
0: Dude, if we no. Dude, if we no. Okay, Vander Kane and like all those. I don't things think we're gonna go for Evander Kane. Like, please for no. Sure.
1: So if we like realistically could trade, if we realistically traded one player, aka not Pavelski, or Burns or Vlasic or something like that, like a player that we realistically might get rid of for another player, who would it hurt the most for you? Right now. Mm. we can't trade Thornton because he's injured we're not going to trade Burns we're not going to trade Couture, uh, Pavelski I feel like the Sharks maybe Hurdle. might trade Couture Hurdle? I think it would be really
0: sad if they traded Hurdle
1: I think that would be very sad too I think the Sharks fans maybe wish he would do a little bit better but I think he's been doing just fine his injuries have just really been hampering him preventing him from getting these full seasons with like good point totals at the end um i think right now i would be saddest to see Timo leave <laughs> has...
0: dude they're not gonna trade Timo.
1: <laughs> i know but you know they might who knows he, he's like worked
0: his way into my heart anyway we'll see we'll see yeah all right man well this yeah, has been I a think... fun pod- podcast nice and uh mm-hmm. nice and heated sorry for all the coughing
1: and noise and uh That's dying okay. sorry and... sorry
0: to our listeners
1: I'll have to mark this as explicit. You did a swear word. <laughs> I did. I did. How dare you. And if I don't, sorry, it's because I don't Do that very often? No, we don't do that. Well. All right.
0: Have, have a good evening. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye,
1: Sharks World. Bye, Sharks World. Bye. Oh, wow. you can follow us on Twitter. Listen to a previous episode to get our handles. Bye. Bye.